0: the law school of america trover is a form of lawsuit in common law countries for recovery of damages for wrongful taking of personal property trover belongs to a series of remedies for such wrongful taking its distinctive feature being recovery only for the value of whatever was taken not for the recovery of the property itself overview although actions in trover can be traced to the time of brockton and later Edward I of England, it became more clearly defined later during the reign of Henry VI of England, 1422-1461 and 1470-1471. through 1471. Action in Trover became a mature legal doctrine during the reign of Elizabeth I of England, 1558-1603. Early Trover cases involved the keeping or taking of a bailment by the bailey, the person charged to hold the property with ordinary care. Others concerned the use of lost chattels found by another and determining who was the real owner. Early on, there was difficulty in dealing with situations where chattels held by a bailey were used by a third party. Examples could be sheep, horses, farm goods, grains or other chattels left in the care of a person who was required to exercise ordinary care. If negligence led to damages, an action could be had. A third person might use the chattel, returning it in a damaged condition. The early common law had some difficulty in dealing with this kind of situation. This led to expansions of actions in Trover. The theory of Trover was that the defendant, by converting the chattel to his own use, had appropriated the plaintiff's property, for which he was required to make compensation. The plaintiff was not required to accept the chattel when it was tendered back to him. He could recover damages for the full value of the chattel at the time and place of conversion. The effect was that the defendant was compelled to buy the chattel at a forced sale, carried out by means of an action in Trover. Trover actions frequently concern the finding of lost property. It could also involve cargo on ships, such as those lost at sea and later found. Trover often involved cases in which the only most correct owner could be determined. For instance, if an envelope of bank notes or currency were to be found, the court would attempt to identify the true owner, but this would often prove to be impossible. In that case, the finder would be the next best owner and be considered the rightful possessor. Trover cases have been described as finders keepers, losers weepers cases. Trover damages came to be measured by the market value of the object, not necessarily its replacement cost if it were new. Sometimes, compensation for deprivation of use and compensation for other losses naturally and proximately caused by the wrongful taking could be added. Case law results are mixed. The plaintiff could also recover interest that would have been earned by the money value of the object and any expense, except attorney's fees, incurred in attempting to recover the object. If the taker sold the object for more than its market value, the plaintiff could receive the higher price. However, selling the chattel could change the action to that of a true conversion which was a form of theft. If the taker had made improvements on the object, for example, repainted it, the value of such improvements are not deducted from the plaintiff's recovery unless the taking was by mistake. Trover is an extension of detinue and trespass. Trespass and trover were both actions founded upon possession. For many centuries, they were alternative remedies for the wrongful taking of, or damage to chattels. There was a distinction between the actions. In the theory of trespass, the plaintiff remained the owner of the chattel, with the possession or property rights interrupted or interfered with. In this case, the plaintiff must accept the chattel back when it was tendered. Recovery was limited to any damage to the chattel, or from the interruption of property rights. In the time of Brockton, despite the generality of the writ, the bailer of a chattel could only bring this action against the bailey of the chattel, or those who represent the bailey by testate or intestate succession. Only two actions were available. The plaintiff could claim, I lost the goods and you found them, or I bailed the chattel to you. The first of these was called detinue or Trover. There is some evidence that the action had been used in the generation following Brocton during the reign of Edward I of England. In earlier times, the finder who did not take the witness of his neighbors that he had honestly found the chattel was at risk of an actio 40. In those days, action in Detonus or Trover could not lie against a third party. If a person bailed his chattels to another, and that Bailey wrongfully gave, sold, or bailed the chattels to a third party, the only action was against the original Bailey. Liability to the third Bailey was not transferable. In later times, lawyers would talk of Trover and bailment. In 1292, there was a slight tendency to regard the detainer rather than the Bailman as the gist of the action, where it was stated it is not enough to say, you did not bail to me, but one must add, and I do not detain it from you. But there are other later cases which show that it is impossible or at least extremely difficult for the bailer to fashion any count that will avail him against the third party. The third party was called the third hand. Sir William Holdsworth described Trover as an extension of detinue, which enabled not only a bailer and a dispossessed owner, but also a third person, to whose use goods had been bailed, to get full recognition of their interests. In colonial America, replevin was used more often than detinue. In England the scope of replevin was usually limited to action and distress, where a chattel had been taken by a person who intended to hold it as a bargaining chip to force some action by the true owner. By the end of the 17th century, the great bulk of litigation in England was conducted through the various forms of action which had developed from trespass. This remained the case until the 19th century, when these kinds of forms of action were abolished in succession by statute. By 1875, all remaining forms had been replaced by a single-form uniform writ whereby the plaintiff endorses the statement for a claim. By that time, the change was purely procedural, but it also freed the substantive law from the old medieval forms of action. It permitted the development of broad concepts, such as liability and tort which could never have come about when confined by the old forms of action, such as Trover. This served to rationalize the law. Just as forms of a subset replaced debt, so in the 17th century Trover replaced debt in the reign of Edward IV of England, the question arose whether a charter relating to land could be recovered by detinue in view of the fact that it had no value. Defects in detinue sur trover. During the 15th century, the plea of detinue sur trover gave rise to a special form of action of detinue, which came to be distinguished from the action of trespass on the case and its companion trespass on the case sur trover. After a time, the latter became known simply as trover. Littleton called the plea per inventionem sur trover a new found holiday. This remark by Littleton probably only applied to the simpler form of the new pleading, which made it unnecessary to allege by what means the chattel had come into the hands of the defendant. It was not really the novelty of the action, but the fact that it streamlined the old writs by passing the details of possession by the bailie or finder of the chattel. For a time during the 15th century, the common law courts seemed to draw a real distinction between the Counts sur Trover and Detonusur Bailment. A bailment occurs when there is an agreement for someone to transport or keep a chattel, The normal rule was that ordinary care was necessary to protect the chattel while it was in the custody of the bailey. The former was a wrongful detention and a tortious wrong. The latter a wrong based on the agreement between the parties. Wager of Law Wager of Law was a possible defense, at least in certain cases of Detonus or Trover. Wager of Law was a complicated medieval legal procedure which was used when other forms of proof were lacking. It involved the bringing forth of witnesses who would swear under oath, to God that the facts alleged in the writ or bill of complaint were true. Lacking such witnesses, the action would fail. This was locked into the old methods of proof, which were in turn, tied to the old forms of action. The records show a certain hardening of the courts toward this defense in the mid-14th century. Wager of law was not used in debt on a covenant. Wager of law was abolished by statute in 1833. Prosser describes Trover and wager of law in this way, Trover, as it developed, had certain definite procedural advantages over the older forms of action, not the least of which was that it avoided wager of law, a form of licensed perjury which made detenue singularly unattractive to an honest plaintiff suing a dishonest defendant. Damaged chattel returned. No action could lay when a chattel was returned, but in a damaged condition. In 1478, Catesby said, And in the same manner I deliver my robes to you to keep for me and you wear them so that they perish, I shall have an action of detenue for in these cases the property is not altered." and afterwards an action on the case and recover damages for the loss sustained by your using the clothes. Destruction of the chattel. It was doubtful whether dead knew lay where, after bailment, a third party had destroyed the chattel bailed. This could be encountered when ships were lost at sea, or chattels being moved by wagon were destroyed by acts of nature and the like. Other cases might involve the finding or bailment of clothing which were destroyed while in the possession of a bailey. The case of a horse bailed to a smith, who bailed it to another smith who damaged, or killed the horse was encountered with some frequency. Action could not lie against the first smith. Contrary opinion is found in a ruling by Stratum. Trover is a branch of a sumset. Trover has been described as an action in a sumset which arose from the quare writs by adding the cum, Latin, with, which, then could allege that the defendant undertook, a sumset, assumed the risk, or assumed the duty, to do something. Another clause which followed some time later contained the allegation of Trover, and deals with situations which involve neither bailment nor a trespassary taking. In Brockton's day the appeal of larceny could be changed into an action to re adorata by omitting the words of felony. By this means a chattel could be recovered against a finder. If the finder refused in court to restore the chattel as adorata, the plaintiff could refile the claim, claims afresh, this time adding the word felony, indicating the action was for a real theft, and conversion. Actions of this kind were common in the manorial courts, but an obscure note in a year book suggests that in 1294 Detonue could be brought against a finder of a chattel. Cases of lost cattle had their own law, and never fit into the forms of Trover. Detonue against the finder of a charter seems to have found its way into the common law by 1389. Charters, like stray cattle, had their own law with peculiar features, and these actions dealt primarily with executors who withheld the heir's title deeds which came into their hands, ad Manus, with the ancestors' chattels. In 1455 Littleton explained the new-found holiday which consisted in counting upon the finding, invencio, instead of the traditional devenerunt. The preoccupation of detenue with the two special cases of stray cattle and lost title deeds persisted, and the general problem of recovering chattels which had neither been stolen or bailed was only solved with a new form of writ. This was invented by adding a novel preamble to be inserted in the writ of This preamble alleged that the plaintiff casually lost possession of the chattel, that the defendant had found it, refused to restore it and converted it to his own use. The full development of Trover and conversion is seen by 1510. A discussion of more modern cases of a Bailey, Holder, in possession of a title deed is found in Columbia Law Review. In 1585, Edward Koch was reluctant to allow the principle of conversion to be extended so as to enable detinue to be largely superseded by Trover on the case. Koch laid down the first principles applicable to conversion. He pointed out that the finder had acquired the goods which were in no danger of being lost, there was earlier authority for saying that an action for trespass could be sustained and that non-delivery constituted conversions. Consequently, the wrongful refusal to deliver on demand because evidence of a conversion, and this, after some vacillation is now the law. It was a rivalry between the various courts developing legal systems of the country which gave an impetus to the growth of the more modern remedies. Trover became the accepted action for all wrongs to chattels. In the case of Cooper v. Chitty, c. Infra, Lord Mansfield said, In form, Trover is a fiction, in substance a remedy to recover the value of personal chattels wrongly converted by another to his own use. The form supposes a defendant may have come lawfully by the possession of the goods. The fiction was the allegation that the finding in Trover was an accident. It was the plaintiff who wanted return of the chattel, which had been converted to the use of the defendant. The Law School of America